Hey there, welcome to America on Tap, a weekly podcast discussing the issues affecting my generation, your generation, and our neighbor's generation, all while enjoying a cold beer. Welcome back, listeners, close and far, east and west, everywhere you are. I know there's many of you around the world. Welcome back to America on Tap, um, the best podcast discussing the issues that affect uh, my generation, your generation. And our neighbor's generation. Today, I'm talking about cultural identity. And I brought uh, three good friends of mine to discuss this topic. Um, how about we introduce each other, guys? Masha, you want to start? Sure. My name is Masha. I am currently living in Miami. And I am drinking a Blue Moon. Awesome. Great beer. We're a great person. <laughs> Ali? Hey, everyone. Um, my name is Alejandro. Um, I live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I'm drinking a... Cerveza Modelo. Good. Yeah. That's a popular beer on this podcast. A lot of people have that. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. It's one of and my favorites. Last, and last but absolutely not least. Oh, okay. This is me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my name is Laura. I live in Orlando and I'm drinking um, a Brogel. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a Belgian beer. I mean, you live in Europe. If anyone, you would know how to pronounce it. But I guess we're going to go with that. We're going to go with Brogel. Yeah, that's a good one. Great, great European beer. Thank you. And then tonight, I'm drinking a record delig, which is a Swedish pear cider. Oh. Uh, because we're, we're going to be talking about culture and whatnot. And I was like, I need to get into the vibe I was in when I lived in Denmark, which was like sitting in parks and drinking cider. <laughs> so I thought, why not bring a Swedish cider into the conversation? Um, so as you guys know, this season of America on Tap, I am fo focusing on exploring issues of identity. And so I'll start tonight's questions uh, to my guests, asking them what identity means to them um, without any specific connotation. Like I know tonight we're talking about culture, but what does identity mean to you? And Laura, you want to start us off here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so identity for me is a little bit of a complicated um, word. Um, I definitely think it's subjective to kind of what you've been through and um, a lot of different things that you experience through life. But um, mm -hmm. to me, I really think it's about personality characteristics that you develop, uh, throughout life. Um, okay. and especially things that make you unique to others. Um, and I also like to think that, uh, it's the way I view myself, but also how others view me mm. as well. Oh, interesting. Like a combination of those. Yeah. Yeah. Those and I want to think that when those both kind of reflect each other. So when the way that someone views myself is the same as how I view myself, um, mm -hmm. that's, that's my goal. So that's when I think I've reached the wow. truest version Great. of myself. Wow, you are a very true person. That's why I'm your friend. You're great. Well, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Mash, how about you? What do you think identity means to you? So for me, it's about discovering your authentic self and kind of not mm. being constrained by the beliefs or the standards you were raised with. Obviously, oh, to, wow. a certain, wow. yeah. Yeah, to a certain extent, of course, mm -hmm. um, because I feel like we all got something amazing from our families and our heritage and yes. everything. But yeah. basically, um, I think identity is something you find after a lot of soul searching. And for me, mm -hmm. um, in my opinion, a lot of traveling. Yes, <laughs> I, yeah. I definitely, definitely agree with that. <laughs> that. You really find yourself when you're lost in a country, you don't speak the language too. That's exactly. definitely really yeah. what is happening. <laughs> Last, Ali, what do you think identity means? Um, yeah, well, I think identity is something that's always evolving um, I would say identity is like a group of values or people and experiences that you've had that kind of define who you are. And okay. it's always, you know, changing depending yeah, where you go that. in life, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, at different stages in your life, your identity will probably change a little bit. 
Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, I should just honestly stop hosting this podcast and have the three of you guys talk because that was one of the smartest answers <laughs> I've seen so far this season. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> so as we get into the topic of tonight, which is culture, I picked the three of you because I think, and I mean, maybe this term is something I came up in my head and doesn't exist, but I view the three of you having a duopoly of cultures, which I explain in my head as the fact that your cultural background may be different to the one that of the place that you're living in now. So all four of us are living in the U.S., but I think all four of us also share the fact that our cultural background may not be American, right? Entirely American, mm-hmm. maybe some components mm-hmm. of it, but there's, yeah. there's other, the other uh, cultures involved there. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to ask each of you to kind of share your story. Like, what do you agree with this duopoly? And then what is that duopoly? Like, what is that duopoly? So, Masha, you want to start us off? Sure. So um, my story started in Belarus, Minsk, uh, where mm-hmm. I was born. And when I was six, my parents got the opportunity uh, to move to the U.S. We already had some relatives here. And okay. mm. many people don't know this about me, but um, my dad's side of the family is Jewish. And um, before I was born, obviously, Belarus was part of the Soviet Union. And, yes. you know, Jews were very much oppressed. And the U.S. Mm-hmm. started running a program to kind of um, help bring, you know, uh, Jewish, Jewish people right, Europe, yeah. um, to the U.S. And even though... After I was born, like the Soviet Union collapsed and everything, the program was still running. And it was the last okay. year and they kind of contacted my dad since he already had family here in the States. And they were like, look, this is your last chance. If you want to come, I know you have a family with a young daughter. This is your chance. And my parents, you know, they're like, we're leaving everything behind, but let's do right. it. Right. Wow. wow. Awesome. That, that's a very wow. American dream, yeah. story. <laughs> right. Definitely. <laughs> Okay, that's a great one, Masha. I think that I, I, I mean, I, I think we can go a lot deep into particularly your story, but I kind of want to ask, did, did your parents view that journey as like finding their American dream? Was that a concept they were familiar with when they were deciding to move? You know, I think they've heard the stories and they um, saw the success of, you know, my other family members that were here. But mm-hmm. honestly, we were very comfortable and happy in Belarus just because mm-hmm. my mom's side of the family was there. We had a lot of friends so okay. for them, I think it was more about uh, the dream that they had for me um, okay. and not necessarily their yeah. American dream. Ooh. So I think they did it really just uh, to give wow. me a better future. Now the wow. ultimate parent sacrifice. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Great. yeah. Awesome. Uh, Ale, you want to follow up here? I think there's some parts of my story that are similar to Masha's. So basically, I was born in Venezuela. And I just, before I continue, I just wanted to give massive respect yeah millions of venezuelans out there fighting for their freedom mm-hmm. um i just wanted to say that well said well yeah. said so i moved when i was two years old and uh kind of similar you know the government was starting to change and there was fear of what could you know be the situation like if we stayed there so i ended up leaving when i was two and um mm-hmm. Also, work opportunities came in, and I've had the amazing experience of living in seven countries throughout wow. my life. Wow. Um, where, ha- where have you lived in 100? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just go like a list through them. Um, mm-hmm. So I started out in Romania. I was there for a little bit. Then I mm-hmm. came to the United States. I was in Connecticut for about like four years. And then I moved basically throughout Latin America. So I was in Paraguay, uh, Uruguay. Then I went to Colombia. 
And then I made my way up into Mexico. And uh, finally, I did my college years in Miami. And that's where I am right now. <laughs> well, that's a terrific life's journey. That's yeah. awesome. It's been a, an amazing, just like, I, I call it more of a blessing because like being, yeah. you know, just like exposed to so many countries is amazing. Mm-hmm. Something that a lot of people don't get a chance to experience. That's true. That's true. So I guess, I mean, your duopoly, would, we could maybe say is Venezuelan and the U.S., but you kind of share a little bit, I'm sure, of the culture of all the countries you lived in. Would you agree with that? I definitely agree. And uh, mm-hmm. I forgot to mention the most exciting part right now was becoming a U.S. citizen. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you so That's much. Awesome. It's yeah. been just like a dream, you know, like. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And now you can vote. So talk to and you. And now you can I vote. can vote. They'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> convert you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Awesome, Ali. Thanks for sharing that. And Laura, how about you? Yeah, so um, I was actually born in the United States, so a little bit different um, than both Masha and Ale. But um, my parents are, so my whole family is Venezuelan. Um, my parents were here doing a master's program, and I was born here. Um, and then shortly after, they finished, and we went back to Venezuela. And so um, that's where I grew up for three years. Um, and then similar to what Ale was saying, the political situation um, started worsening and getting Um, you know, <laughs> a little bit worrisome. So my parents, yes. may, yeah, <laughs> um, but it's a big day. It's a big day today. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's a big day. <laughs> but my parents decided to um, uh, pick up everything and just move to the United States. Um, wow. We were the first mm-hmm. of our family to leave. Um, a lot of people ended up following, but mm-hmm. um, I've lived here ever since. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And then after that, I think to your point of, you know, cultural duopoly, um, I would see myself as uh, Venezuelan American, but, um, yeah. I have mm. lived in, uh, Belgium, um, for 10 months. And, um, mm. I also spent a semester in New Zealand. Mm. Wow. So that, wow. this is really a well-traveled group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> a lot of yeah, experiences. Yeah. And, and I think something that, so a common theme that I can weave through your stories is that in a way, I think, um, whether you or your parents, we're all kind of seeking a better life elsewhere. Yeah, like I yeah think whether absolutely. it was a, the, you know, the, the political situation in Belarus or was it the political situation in Venezuela, it seemed that the United States presented a, a refuge from that. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and that's why your parents decided to come here. So now that we've kind of talked about your personal life stories, I'm curious how you guys, and this, this may not have been a, a conscious action on your part, but how you guys kind of figure out What kind of cultural identity pops up more, whether it's like the Belarusian American or Venezuelan American, or is it kind of a combination <laughs> of both? Like, how did you figure this out in your head? So you're like, because I'll tell you why I asked this, because for me, I mean, there are times when I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a Venezuelan. And there are times like, wow, if I go to Venezuela right now, they would say I'm a foreigner. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. Hard for me so to, true. Like, figure this out. So I'm curious what you guys did there. So, Ale, you want to start us off here? Well, I came up with a term for myself. I call myself like kind of a cultural chameleon. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna so steal like, that. That's great. I love yes. that. <laughs> um, honestly, I've never taken one culture as itself. I just like kind of adapt myself to the environment, mm-hmm. and I just like to learn about where I'm at, where I'm at, and like um, you know, I'm always trying to like you know, learn about where I'm at, learn yeah, about a new place people, living. the mm-hmm. new place I'm living at. So I, I wouldn't say I'm defined by one culture. Correct. Yeah. I'm more of a like global kind of perspective right. person, you know? 
It's kind of, I, I, when you were talking, I had this weird metaphor in my head of a salad. You're like a Caesar salad where you can like maybe trace each individual ingredient in the salad, but you're overall a nice, delicious salad. Like you can, like, you know, oh, it, it all comes together. Such a good thanks, compliment. Thanks, wow. thanks, thanks. Well, it, it, all, it all comes together into like, you know, it's a good meal. So you're like, oh, there you go. Like you can see the parts, but like you wouldn't eat croutons by themselves. It's or like lettuce, because we're not course, rabbits, yeah. so we wouldn't eat lettuce by itself. So you would um, kind of pull it all together. Great. Uh, Laura, how about you? How did you figure out what part of you comes from what country or was it a match of everything? Yeah. So um, I think for me, I came here when I was so young um, that in the beginning, the process of becoming adapted to whatever culture, you know, that whole process of um, what's the word? It's is it acculturation? No, it's not that. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, you know what I, mean, I guess cu- cultural adaptation, I guess yes, you could say. Yes, cultural adaptation. Right. Um, yeah. Was it voluntary? So I, I had a mm, lot okay. of pushback um, to my parents because I was growing up in the United States and my parents at home, it was very much a typical Venezuelan family. Like, I, yeah. you know, I had to speak Spanish, um, all these right. things, and I, I would just was not for here for it. Like, I did not want my parents to force me to do anything. And so um, as mm, I started growing yeah. older, um, I started realizing the importance of keeping that culture and um yes not losing that part of absolutely you. and um yeah. really understanding it as well when I started going home for the holidays and um, for summer vacations and I started realizing that um I needed to connect with my family on a deeper level mm. than just blood um right, and yeah. but yeah. at that time in my life I also started realizing that I, I didn't even really fit in anywhere because when I went home to Venezuela, I was mm-hmm. um, American. I was too American. Mm-hmm. And when I was in the United yeah. States, I was too foreign. And so, um, yes. yeah. And so, interestingly, it, it feels like you're never struggle. good enough anywhere you go. Yeah, it was a struggle. Yeah. And so, uh, for me, it was it was really difficult. It was a process that um, I, I was never really proud to say when people would ask me, like, oh, where are you from? Um, mm-hmm. I think um, I used to dread that question. And it wasn't until... Oh, my Because you yeah. never know yeah. what to say. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I was always like, wait, do I explain that I was born here, but then moved back to Venezuela? And so like, I lived my first life there and I was like, what do I say? So, um, yeah, you're like, it's too right. long. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. Say all that. So Absolutely. you say you're like, no, you're not. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah. well, it's probably like, it's probably like a first date scenario. We're like, oh, where are you from? And you're like, well, let me talk about me. You're like, oh, well, let me I give you my whole life story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it wasn't until college that someone told me that there's actually a term for that, um, that I absolutely love. And it's called living life on the hyphen. Um, oh, so now okay. I'm Venezuelan American and I'm right in the middle yeah. of that, but oh, there we go. I hold I, true to both of those. Yeah. Yeah. And so now, now that I have kind of a name for it, I feel so much more comfortable in discussing that. Identifying yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's helped me come mm-hmm. into my own a lot. Um, and yeah, so I think now being able to be at the point in my life where I can pick and choose what morals, what values, like where I want to be mm. in 10 years. Um, I've definitely taken, um, culture from both my Venezuelan kind of heritage as well as my American upbringing and melded it's kind of a fusion yes absolutely yes (laughs) and I think there's one I'm sure Alejandra and and Laura will relate to this because there's one particular scenario that always happened to me that when I would I used to go back to Venezuela or summer breaks and whatnot I would be in an elevator and you know the Venezuelans are like the chattiest people on earth. Yeah. And like you would get in the elevator and they were like, and how's your uncle? I was like, dude, you don't know me. What do you mean? Like, but then if you're in the US and you're like, you know, hello, they're like, why are they talking to me? You know, so it's like, it's, yeah, yeah. It's like well, yeah. I'm just trying to be like in the middle of that. But um, but yeah, that, that always happens. Yes. And also, Laura was the best because she would always bring me delicious Venezuelan candy last year. Pirulina, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Pirulina. Uh, the best things. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so then last, Masha, how do you kind of figure out your cultural identity? So I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> because I moved when I was so little that I didn't really get to experience growing up in Belarus. I went back every summer. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I would feel like, okay, like I have this down, then I'd have to go back to the U.S. and spend a year here. Mm. Um, but I also don't, I mean... I don't feel like my roots are really in the U.S. I feel very proud to be, you know, a citizen of the United States. But yeah. I do feel like there is some sort of disconnect still. Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. I think my inability to commit to Belarus or the U.S. <laughs> in terms of like my identity is actually what really helps me be so open-minded and excited yeah. about oh, yeah. new yeah. cultures. Because in college, I mean, our group of friends, we had... Ecuadorians, Venezuelans, we had yeah, Koreans. Yeah, I was from all over. <laughs> from everywhere. So mm -hmm. I feel like for me at this point, I'm like, why am I going to limit myself to one or the other? Why not just open myself up and really learn and absorb right. yeah, different things mm -hmm. from different cultures? Because I feel like um, my cultural identity can always grow. Like mm -hmm. as, as long as I'm traveling yeah. and experiencing new things. New things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not against absorbing it. Like I don't want to be stagnant and just, you know, no. be mm -hmm. one or the other. I think mm -hmm. you guys will fast realize that Masha is one of the greatest human beings ever born. <laughs> yeah. But, but out but outside of that, I think Masha I mean, everyone came up with a cool term. And I think Masha term that hearing you talk, I think you are like a cultural sponge. Yeah. You know, I love like that, you just yeah. kind of, you just yeah. kind of absorb everything around you and, and right. it makes you stronger. Each thing you absorb makes you stronger and a better person. Yeah, and I mean, I really love that. Like now having lived in Miami for two years and, you know, being around our friend group from college um, where everyone yeah. is from Latin America, like, you know, some people are like, how do you know all these things? You're not Latina. And I'm like, I don't have to be like, no, you no. know, I'll dance the reggaeton. I will watch yes. movies. Like, she I'll knows how to dance reggaeton, I'll tell you morning, that. You know okay. <laughs> So. And she knows and she, and she knows how to do an arepa. Like you don't put the butter or the things on it, you put it Inside. in it. Inside. Yes. What about cachapas? Yes. That's the right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, a budare. Oh my god. Shout out to budare. Shout out to budare. Seriously. Sponsor us. I was gonna say maybe they'll throw me a, like a weekly arepa for <laughs> I'm saying that on the show. <laughs> I'll deliver it to you. Oh my god! I was like gunning for like breweries because it's America on tap, but maybe like America on a rule the world. Yeah. I will like, yes, subscribe, comment on all that. Yes, for sure. they do. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> so look at this: like a lot of like intellectual openness, but also a lot of business ideas. I love this. <laughs> yeah. We should do this more often. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's a great opportunity to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to keep discussing our cultural identity with Alejandro, Masha, and Laura. Back for more. We've been having a great conversation over beers with um, three good friends and discussing how they kind of came up with their own cultural identity, their cultural background. Um, all three of them live in the U.S. now, but they've all had kind of a, what we call duopoly of culture. So now that we've kind of established that, I'm curious how this kind of cultural duopoly has affected your social interactions. Mm -hmm. So do you think that because of the way you were brought up, the places you've lived, you gravitate towards people that kind of share that same ideal? Because I know that in college, mm -hmm. I could, you know, I, I could somewhat easily like 
moving to different social groups, like my mm. fraternity and like my international friends and like the people I worked at the newspaper, whatever. So, but it was kind of somewhat easily. Like there were mm. definitely times when I was like, right. oh God, I have to like switch, switch gears in my head and like mm-hmm. turn on the international switch. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah America turn switch. it off. <laughs> yes. So is there a group that, a group of like, you know, I guess we were like stereotypical group, but a group when you went college were now that you feel more comfortable with? And then Master, you want to start us off here? Yeah, I mean, all I can say is like, thank God for my duopoly because <laughs> I can't imagine my life being, you know, stuck um, just with one group. I've right, been so yeah, lucky, so blessed to have experienced the friendships um, that I have from all these different cultures and countries. Mm-hmm. And although sometimes um, I wouldn't say it was challenging, it was kind of eye-opening just to see how that's a word yeah yeah different people thought and how they acted on certain things I mean the beliefs um that you know we all had but I just yes Masha all Latinos are late that is (laughs) (laughs) okay hashtag Latino time (laughs) 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 it was a process (laughs) other than that I mean I just have to say like it's affected my friendships but only for the positive because I was talking about it with my coworkers today actually they were mm-hmm. like i don't understand you have a friend to see everywhere you travel to <laughs> yes and that's the great that. part yeah yeah mm-hmm. and i was like you know what other than not having to pay for a hotel it's true like <laughs> the, that's the greatest thing is like i have friends yeah. all everywhere. over the world and like they're the best tour guides they really will tell you everything about the country and you just like you know you guys said it's like the easiest way to absorb a culture it's like the best way to be a sponge so also you have mm. two franco brothers in orlando so please come visit more (laughs) well i will be visiting (laughs) in t minus one day so (laughs) (laughs) no much but that's true i think that i think that's i mean we've said it before but i think your 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 cultural duopoly has made you a stronger person in this sense that you're yes. you're happy for that, you know. You can so you can happy. kind of plug into that. Mm. Ali, what do you think on this? Do you think that there is a kind of a group of people that you feel more naturally comfortable with, or mm. have you kind of grown out of that? Well, honestly, like when it comes to like people, like daily interactions or people that I like speaking to, I don't really limit myself to like okay. a certain group. Um, I just. I think that I've traveled, you know, I've lived in so many places. I've just become a great listener. Um, Mm, I really like listening about others' experiences and, like, what motivates them or, like, their upbringings. Um, Like, I've been part of so many clubs. I was part of, like, an international club at UM. I'm somewhat not surprised about that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, like, I was also part of the Japanese club. Of course. Yeah, like... Because why I not, just, right? Like why not? I was like, why <laughs> do it all? Like Asian culture, let's do it. Um, then <laughs> no, but I would definitely say, in terms of like closer relationships or closer friends, um, I do feel most comfortable with people that have more of a global mindset. Yeah, um, for sure. I just like discussing a variety of topics and. Mm-hmm. The people that I will actually talk to on a like daily basis are people that uh, just appreciate more like you know a bigger picture of the world and like what's yeah. going on around. So I mean, yeah, like, I remember when I I remember when I first met you that we were in my brother's apartment and I like you have you were started telling me that you're living in those places and I was like it was like we speak the same <laughs> like of course we speak Spanish yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. it was like we speak the same language because we've chat so many shared experiences that people that move around a lot, even though we didn't uh-huh. know each other back then. 
you know? Uh, um, yeah. Definitely. Uh, Laura, yeah. how about you? How do you, do you think that you've kind of gravitated towards kind of a same-ish group or do you think that um, kind of a valet, you're like, I don't want to like, liberate myself and so you subconsciously just are open to anything yeah so um this is interesting for me because i think i see someone or i know about someone who comes from somewhere different or who's from a different country and i almost want to get to know them more mm-hmm. um and i mm-hmm. think for me that comes from a place of curiosity um having traveled so much and been so blessed to you know grow up in a duopoly of cultures like you said juan Um, I think that for me, I look at every connection I make with someone um, as an opportunity to, you know, gain more insight into another culture or Mm -hmm. even just make a connection that I never would have had if it weren't for like a melting pot of cultures that the United States But do you think, I'm curious on that point, do you think that's something you consciously do? Like, because I, I ask it because I don't think, like when I meet someone new, I'm like, oh my God, let me ask about yeah, you know, the prime minister of Spain. Like, I'm just like, mm. you know, I think that that is <laughs> no, no, no. subconscious. I don't know if you agree, but I think that's something subconscious. That you're just kind of like, the curiosity you speak of is something that yeah. just clicks in your head. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And also to Ale's point, um, I think you just, you start listening. Like, listening. Yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love to talk. Mm. Like, I can hold a conversation with anyone. <laughs> but um, Yes, I know that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but there comes a time when you just, you, you have to stop and be like, okay, like, what, why, like, how you ask the follow-up questions you want to know more about a person um and that is subconscious to me it's just you really just start asking the important questions right i agree i think you can kind of identify what the important questions are because right i think for other people it takes a long time to reach that point in the friendship where like oh i know how to ask about this sore subject Mm -hmm. but when you're meeting people that kind of share that same life story like okay i know where we're at in terms of what I can ask. Yeah, but, I, but, but at the same time, there is something nice that it, it's like when you do meet someone that's from your same culture, like, I don't know, I guess Masha and um, Ale and Juan, I'm, you meet someone from Venezuela or you see someone from Belarus, Masha, mm-hmm. like, you're like, oh my gosh, and there's... Some- yeah, there's like an instant connection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there is. yeah there, it's instant connection and it feels like home, you know what I mean? So It's I, nostalgic absolutely, almost. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah. there's something mm-hmm. also really special about that. Yeah, there is something special. I agree with that. Even though living in Florida, I felt like that's kind of diluted because we have it kind of everywhere. So when I meet up in Venezuela, I'm like, of course, and it's not really <laughs> another, another one. one. Another one. <laughs> but if they have Peter, if they have Pirulino, I'll be like, yes, we are friends. I will be. Friend. <laughs> um, so something else that kind of fascinates me is how people that have this Wapulib culture are kind of have different personality traits that I think are we can kind of commonly find them mm, among all of us. So. Yeah. I, I kind of call it being culturally polished. Mm-hmm. Now that we're coming up with all these terms, I should just start like a thesaurus or something. For <laughs> <Mary Conta>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think in a way we're culturally polished because number one, we, you know, we've had the hardship of having to find home somewhere that's not home. And we're also well-traveled and all that. But I think, uh, at least in my case, I think it's given me a skill set that I really value centered around being very social mm-hmm. and being able to kind of have a conversation with anyone and, yeah. you know, really keep it going. Um, so w- what do you think on this? That Do you think that this Wapolif culture has given you kind of a specific personality traits, one of them being very social? And Masha, do you want to start here? Right. So um, I don't know if I would use the word social for myself because I tend to be kind of shy and quiet, but I would say more open and interested and curious. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, for me, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. when I meet someone, one of the first questions I like to ask them is, either where you are originally from, where's your family from, or Mm. where have you traveled? Because I want to know, like, I feel that experiencing those kinds of things really, it does develop your identity, 
So it for really me, does. that's really interesting in a person because I can kind of, you know, you can tell when someone's traveled around how open they you are really can and, tell. Mm -hmm. and how accepting they are. And I think that mm -hmm. brings a certain level of comfort. And that's when I really open up with someone is that if they've had some sort of, and you know, maybe they haven't traveled as much as they would like to, but at least if they have that interest and curiosity mm -hmm. that yes. already sparks yeah, yeah, something yeah. in yeah. me. So, yeah, because I think you, you can't always, you know, travel is expensive. So I think exactly. it's not fair to like say, you know, yeah, um, yeah. I haven't traveled. But I think that, Marcia, you keep the point there that that thirst for travel, right? Having that wanderlust of like, I want to experience the world. And by definition, I want to meet people from everywhere. So if you meet someone like Marcia, for example, you're going to be wanting to ask all the questions. Right. Yeah. And like, I mean, for example, like I would love to visit the Middle East, but right now I can't. I'm working. I don't have that many vacation days. But what do I do? I mean, I listen to... The music, I, I watch the movies, mm -hmm. I, yeah. you know, read about mm -hmm. politics or I just find a way to discover more because I think mm -hmm. the more you know, it's like, it's as if you're traveling even when you're yeah, really staying in the same spot. So for Although me, I, I thought, think... I thought you and I had texted that we're going to Israel and the Middle East together. Oh, <laughs> I think we talked about this. <laughs> On the next podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Can I, I join? we talked about that. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> You guys okay, would I'll... like to join? I'm totally down. <laughs> yes. I'd love to join. Wow. Can't wait. America on America tap, little trip to the Middle East. <laughs> Imagine. Paid for by, I don't know yet who, but we'll find a sponsor. We'll Paid for, for, um, pay by, for yeah, by, Bulgari. Yes. <laughs> by Bulgari. By Bulgari, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Alejandro, what do you think here? Do you think that, um, you know, you're, you have a particular set of skills for, like, personality traits because of your mm -hmm. cultural background? Um, I, I definitely think so. Um, I don't know. I think I, building on what Laura was mentioning before, I think when you mention uh, to a person you lived or were at a certain place, like where, where they're from or where they grew up, it does create that instant connection, you know, like they just feel like you've shared some sort of experience that yeah, they live together. together. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like puts you on the same page, uh, in some way. Um, I would also say like living in so many countries, I've like taken on like different, uh, lingo, like, you know, like, Oh my God. Like that's the a local yeah. words, yes. like even yes. Latin, America, Latin America itself, we have so many like different words we use for like the same thing. We were yeah. having a conversation about that one. Um, yeah. and you know, like food, I'm like very intrigued by cuisine. I just like yeah. learning about history or what's like what's going on in different countries so like right um, you're naturally curious yeah naturally curious yeah and like that really does help you like be able to interact with people no matter where they're from like just having that curiosity or having that ability like to right. listen and learn about others yeah i think that's very true and i will definitely comment on the lingo thing because no. i also <laughs> have lived in all these places like My, yeah. my little brother talks all the time when I say, like, oh, tiene la voz, like, in Spanish, I say, like, bocinas, yeah. which is, like, speakers. And they're like, oh, no. man, es, cor es cornetas. And I'm like, but why is it that word? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many I've never heard anyone it. use cornetas before. No, well, cornetas I guess it's, all the way. Yeah, yeah I yeah. guess it's a way they say it in Venezuela, but, like, I guess I missed that class in school because I was living in another country. So <laughs> traveling that, all over the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 100% accurate. No, yeah, like, uh, definitely, like, the way you speak, like, the different lingo you use will, like, Change the whole conversation, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I remember when I met you, I thought, Alejandro, you were from Mexico. Because you have, oh, yeah, I think, Spanish. I had just moved. Yeah, I had mm -hmm. just moved from Mexico. I was like, well, look at that, Venezuela. 
¿Qué pedo, güey? I was like, yes. <laughs> very, very. <laughs> or like the Spanglish. We're just mixing the languages. Oh, like yeah. Spanglish, I, yeah. I mean, I can't find my words. So I'm like, you know what? Here it is in Spanish. Or, I mean, rarely in Russian because I don't have any Russian friends. Here, I was going to ask, Masha, is there any kind of like, what is it? Bel Belonglish or Russian? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Belonglish. <laughs> well, I'm a bad Belarusian. I didn't actually learn Belarusian growing up. We only spoke Russian in the house. Oh, a lot of words like with Russian and English and Spanish, I mean, not a lot, but there are some similarities. So sometimes mm -hmm. it'd be like, God, what is that word in English? So I'll just be like, okay, well, in Russian, it's this. Do you get what I'm saying? And they're like, uh, uh no. Kind of? no. <laughs> no, not really. I'm like, how do you not get it? Like, it, it sounds the same. Yeah. But, I think um, lingo is very important in this conversation. Yeah. It really is an, an eye opener. Laura, to conclude with you here, um, any particular personality traits or things that you think this cultural duopoly has brought you? Yeah, I think just awareness, <laughs> like knowing mm -hmm. in what situations and what where you are too. Like, um, I don't know if we haven't actually, I don't think talked about Europe, but um, I, I, at least in my experience, when I went to Belgium, people were a lot more closed off than what I was used to. Um, so I had to approach people in a different way. Um, mm -hmm. So, but once I got to know them, then it was like breaking through a shell. But um, I think I was so used to Venezuelan culture, to your point, Juan, where earlier you yeah. were like, you get in an elevator with someone, you're like, oh my God, like, how are you? Like, what's your yes. name? Like, you're like, let's yeah. go get drinks tomorrow. And you're like, okay, I literally just met you. Like, <laughs> so um, I think just being aware and being respectful of those different cultural mm -hmm. differences. Um, and then just... Not not necessarily changing yourself, but adapting to fit the mold that where you are. Like yeah. like like social cues, right? Yes, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like uh, definitely, I agree. I think yeah, I think we're definitely well versed in social cues. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> something that I've had, mm -hmm. <laughs> which has helped me avoid a lot of awkward situations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, 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 definitely. So well, true. I was gonna say I, I avoid a lot, but I also started quite a bit. Yes. So then it's <laughs> yeah, I kind of lose that. King right. of awkward situations. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I get it. That's why that. we're good friends, Masha. Um, yeah. So now uh, let's take our last break, and then we'll be back for a final segment uh, where we talk a little bit about traveling and kind of life ambition. So we'll be right back. So back for our last segment of this great, great episode of America on Tap, where I've been talking to my friends Alejandro, Masha, and Laura about cultural identity. And I think this next question, we've kind of touched a little bit on it before, but it's the issue of travel, right? The, the concept of travel. And I think that something, that, again, that we can kind of a common theme that we've solved together is that sense of wanderlust is very much alive in us. And I think, I wonder if that comes from that cultural duopoly or is there some kind of other reason why we are like such travel fanatics, right? So, um, Masha, you want to kind of talk a little bit about why or, or where your sense of traveling comes from? Yeah, so I think it definitely is um, coming from, you know, me moving to a different country when I was at a, like a very young age. But I think it also just comes from our generation as millennials. I feel like uh, so many new opportunities are coming our way and so many new, you know, doors are opening for us that, we don't want to just settle down and accept what we have. We want to explore. We want to discover. More. And mm -hmm. we want to, mm -hmm. yeah, we want to mm -hmm. risk it. We want to take our chances. Um, just because I think there's so much out there. And I think that now, mm -hmm. especially with the media, although, you know, fake news aside, like we are oh. getting this like <laughs> open window into these different countries and these different cultures and the different yeah. types of people that are out there. 
And I think, um, I don't know, especially living in Miami, I'm meeting yeah. oh, people yeah. from, yeah, yeah. I've never All met over. someone Absolutely. from the Everywhere. same country in the same day, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to them. And then after I do, I'm like, wow, I'd love to visit that country. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. you know, my yeah. travel list is long, very, very long. Um, but I don't know. I think it, it does come Can, from you, both. You want to maybe talk much a little bit about your favorite place that you've been? I know that I'm just putting you in a spot, but <laughs> was there one place that you were like, I am never going to forget that trip. Yes. Well, there's, I guess, wow. can I do my top three? Sure, sure. Let's top do three. Okay. So definitely Scotland. Um, I went to Edinburgh and Stirling this past summer. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. I just, I didn't have very high expectations just because I was visiting a friend. So I thought I'd just be spending quality time, not really doing much sightseeing, but I mean, you just did. being there, and the it history, was it was amazing. Yeah. And wow. then, Um, Colombia, I went to Bogota, Cartagena, and Medellin, and mm-hmm. I was just blown away. I mean, Colombia is a beautiful country. Such beautiful, a beautiful, country. beautiful, amazing country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. the people, just um, the mm-hmm. hospitality. I They're mean, the I nicest second to second to Venezuela. Second to Venezuela. Venezuela. Then I was about to say, guys, really? I knew that was coming. So. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> and I guess my third. I mean, it has to be like. Barcelona just because I have a lot of oh, history yeah. there and like I working there I'm mm-hmm. traveling back and forth I did my study abroad um and it just feels like I guess the third home at this point so a special wow. connection yeah yeah exactly and we have friends from Catalonia and Spain and it's just yeah I mean a great place the list goes on the list goes on Laura how about you here do you where, where does your kind of passion for traveling and your um, interest in like seeking new places come from? Yeah. So um, I definitely think culture has a huge, huge role to play in that. But um, growing up, um, my parents always instilled in us that whenever we had something um, like experiences were more important than material um, mm-hmm. things. Yes, so true that. luckily, definitely when, agree. yeah. So luckily when I was growing up, even as I was young, I, I got to travel to all these places that I never would have gotten the opportunity to. Um, and so I started seeing all these different cultures. Like I have an aunt and uncle in France, for example. So we would go visit them. And then from there, I got to visit a little bit of Europe and then that instilled in me a love for travel, but, um, also an appreciation for, um, different cultures that stems from myself having two cultures. Um, So yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely think it was something that um, it's kind of environmental or situational. Like until you yeah, start experiencing all these cultures, you don't know what you're missing out on. Um, so and once you're and once you do experience them, you can't like stop. Oh, absolutely. Like, you're like, yeah, I need more. It's, so, it's addictive. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, the best it type is. of drug. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Travel. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, what are your um, maybe top three or your favorite place you've been to? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so I would definitely say um, number one is tied for New Zealand and Fiji. Um, I would say Ooh, we'll just do one and two, wow. but New Zealand purely for, um, it, it was breathtaking. Like the, the, the nature that exists there and um, the love for the environment. I mm-hmm. mean, it was really impressive for me just because I, I love, I was actually an environmental studies minor in college. So that was really important for me. Oh. Um, but then Fiji, I just, I got to meet these people that were so simple. Like I spoke to, um, we stayed on an island that was all owned by a family. And um, I got to know the island people and they were just so happy. They had never left Fiji, but they were so happy 
with um, they don't need the modern universities yeah. that we think we need absolutely right, yeah. and they were and I would ask them like what makes you happy like I was like did you ever I asked them if they ever felt they needed to leave Fiji and they were like no we're so happy here like we love our that's life amazing. we love our home they're that's so amazing. proud of their country and um to think that I'm over here just focused on material things and mm, so right. it really puts yeah. life into perspective it really mm-hmm. does yeah, absolutely does. and then number three would actually actually be Barcelona as well I loved Barcelona right. <laughs> Barcelona is such an amazing city for us. Yes. <laughs> uh, like, how about you here? Do you, um, where does your sense of travel come from? I mean, some of it, I know, uh, similar situation to mine that because of our dads mm. or our family's jobs, we have to move a little bit. So mm. I know maybe some of it was like forced, but like you ended up traveling quite a bit. So where does your sense of travel come from? Um, no, definitely like the lifestyle I've had. Just, I just love throwing myself into the unknown. Um, I really do like love immersing myself as much as possible into wherever I am and learning as much as possible, taking in everything I can. Um, just to give you an example, like say like people, like when I'm having a conversation with someone about Mexico, um, they might say like, oh, I just like, I just went to Cancun, you know, but Mm -hmm. I'm just like trying to like you know, evoke some sort of, like, interest in telling them, you know, like, you should go to Mexico City where, like, there's yeah. so much right. history. There's the, pyra- yeah. there's the, right. the Aztec path. pyramids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should go to Puebla. You should go to San Miguel de Allende. Oh, yeah. like, San Miguel not- de Allende is one of the most amazing places I've ever been. Yeah, no, it's, it's a yeah. gorgeous city. And, yeah, like, it is. What I'm saying is, like, I don't like, sec- like, say wherever I'm going to travel, I don't like secluding myself, like, in a resort. Or just like yeah. staying in a hotel. I really like going into the local areas. Yeah, yeah, getting away from tourist traffic. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like learning actually like what life is like in About, that yeah. in that place. Yeah. And, Although um, I'll say I will say though there's just something so appealing about having a little bracelet that gets you all the drinks you want. Can't forget yeah, that yeah. part. <laughs> but we can always do a balance of both. You know what I mean? That's true. Fun That's true. Fun and yeah. fulfillment, like traveling. Yeah. Fulfilling traveling. Meaningful traveling. Yeah. Meaningful do you, traveling. Yeah. Do you want to share your top three places or your first place that you kind of will never forget? That you um, to? Yeah, no. Um, I definitely say like up there is Mexico. I just had yeah. an incredible experience there. I'm a big fan of Mexican food. Uh, who is <laughs> I, not I a big Mexican fan of Mexican food? Yes. food. Yeah. Um, and I just loved it. I thought, like, it was a really rich culture. Um, I had an amazing time there. Um, I got a chance to study abroad in Japan. Japan was just, like... Incredible. Incredible, like... It probably, I don't know, I think, I'd say, like, I'm probably a bigger fan of Japanese food than Mexican food, Mexican food, wow. Sushi. Yeah. Yeah. statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sushi, sushi all the way. I don't know. Sushi all the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, I could eat that every day. Um, Japanese. And, and yet, he's drinking a cerveza modelo, so I don't know what. So, I don't know. There's, like, a little. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's, that's, a, that's a debate I have going on. Like, what's, what's my favorite thing? I don't know. I just appreciate everything, you know? <laughs> but who says um, a modelo can't be good with some sushi? Hey, there you go. That, See? There you go. <laughs> Bring the two together. Two both, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> the United Nations for friends group, Masha, finding mm-hmm. a compromise <laughs> between everyone. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, Japan was amazing. Yeah. And um, I don't want to say, like, I have, you know what? I just want to leave it up in the open. Yeah, like, no, that's fine. There's a lot of places that I'm looking forward to seeing and to seeing. discovering. That's, that's yeah. a wonderlust in you. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and no one asked me, but I will share mine real quick. Fun. <laughs> what are your top three places? I'm, going, I'm kidding. I'm kidding 100%. But, but I do want to hear. Number, my number one place in the world is Denmark. We'll never forget the time there. It's probably the best country I will ever go to in my entire life. It's great. And then, I w- honestly, I've been to a lot of places, but I think two is a trip that's coming up for me because I'm going to South Korea, Japan, and China in spring oh, and March. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, that is so And so cool, yeah. I haven't been there yet, but I know that I will, like, that will probably change my life. So that's going to definitely be a big one. So let's go into our last question of the conversation tonight, which is... This is a deep one. <laughs> a li- yeah, I think, yeah, it really goes a little bit deeper because I think um, hearing you guys talk and, and, you know, knowing you guys in real life, I think that... I see there's a certain level of ambition between you guys, whether it's like I want to travel as much as I can, whether it's, you know, I want to not necessarily like, you know, monetary wealth, but like I want to have enough so I can sustain my lifestyle. I want to have a fulfilling life. That ambition of life, I think, is palpable in each of you. So I'm curious, um, how much do you think this like life ambition is shaped by your cultural duopoly? And Laura, you want to start us off here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So I definitely think... um, that I can't speak about this topic without going into the American dream a little bit um, because I think that they're synonymous. But um, so basically when your parents, knowing that your parents leave their country that they love and come to the United States for a better life for you. And I think it was Mm -hmm. maybe Masha that was, that touched on this a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, They gave up everything that they had, all the success they had already built from the ground up and they did it for me and my sister. And, um, and you can't Having, waste that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I, I need yeah. to take everything and just run with it. And so right. now I need to, for me, I need to build a better life for not only for myself, but for them. And so I want to give mm-hmm. them everything that they gave to me and more. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm doing it for myself, of course. But there is also this um, this feeling of I, I am serving a bigger purpose. And um, to mm. me, that purpose is my family. Um, Mm, and so of course, like escaping a political situation, um, you know, in search of this better life does. Let's hope that, let's hope that this is the last generation of Venezuelans that have ever to leave the country. Absolutely. Let's hope that no one ever has to (laughs) leave a country. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, it it makes you intensely aware of the opportunities that you do have that others don't. And even whether that be food, you know, food being readily available or whether Mm -hmm. that be, you know, the opportunity to go and go to college for what you want to do. Um, I, I have to take advantage of every moment and um i don't think i could rest if i didn't no no i think you're 100 percent right because i think th- those hardships hardships are the things that inspire us mm-hmm, to aim mm-hmm. for more mm-hmm. like we've seen we've seen what it could be so we're gonna aim for the highest possible mm-hmm. option yeah absolutely to replicate that masha what about you where, where do you think your ambition comes from because i think i mean i, I don't want to make it sound ambition like oh my god you're like every one of you is like a greedy person but i think i look at each of you like particularly masha for example i know that she loves her job. She's someone that like gives it her all, gives her friendships everything. So I'm curious where that level of ambition comes from. So I think um, seeing my parents leave everything behind, um, our family, our friends, and just come here alone, it's really taught me to appreciate the relationships that I have in my life. So that's definitely something, you know, that drives me. Um, but, you know, I, I do have to say that when my parents came here, they had... Um, a different mentality of what they wanted for me and, and, you know, the things that they thought I should be achieving. And Mm -hmm. of course that's something I want to live up to. And 
I'm the first person to say that, you know, I'm so grateful for everything that they gave me that the first thing I want to do is be able to make sure my parents are comfortable as they get older and take care of them. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I've also learned that we have to make our own path because our parents have such Mm -hmm. a defined and clear path for us Mm -hmm. um, as Mm -hmm. immigrants. And I think that sometimes that really constrains us and really challenges us as individuals. So I've been really learning about the balance of really finding myself and what drives me um, against what, you know, my parents solely want for me. And it's all good things, but, you know, I'm I'm trying to find... It's forging your own path. I love that. And I think for immigrants, um, it's, it's difficult sometimes because... Our parents did not come from the best situations. And here we yeah. are growing up in these amazing circumstances. In a privileged space. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so I I'm think, um, you know, the way they see it, it might, might even be a little safe. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas we want to explore and get out there more. So for me, you know, my ambitions um, and the things that drive me are just kind of to forge my own path and really set mm-hmm. a new example for my children and hopefully one day be a parent that, allows them to do the same, you know, that they that can... They, that they do for you. Yeah, they can challenge yeah. me in a good way and kind of yeah. be better yeah. than the previous generation. So mm. that's something that wow. I look forward to. I'm going to definitely send this link of this podcast to your parents for everyone. <laughs> 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 going up and down. I'm going to do translation. Look at who you created. <laughs> yes. Um, and then last, Ali, what do you think here? Where does your sense of ambition come from? Um, yeah, no, like definitely agree with... Uh, a lot of the things that Masha said, um, I just want to, you know, make life better for next generations, um, give them opportunities that, you know, my parents didn't have or stuff like that. Um, I definitely say that I have, I just look, I have so much respect for my dad and I want to have kind of like the same career path that he's had. Um, because he's brought me to so many places with him and that's something you want to give your children that goal yeah i want to give them the opportunity to actually experience what i've had what i've had in my life and um i don't know i i can't ever be still in one place yes i'm always always, it's kind of weird i'm look i'm always looking forward to that next chapter a hundred percent a hundred and that's that's one of my ambitions moving Mm -hmm. on like finding that that position or like work opportunity where I can just like keep on moving forward and mm-hmm. keep on having these amazing experiences. experiences. Yeah. Continue. How cool would it be stuff. if someone paid us to just travel the world and be like, oh Hey, my God. that's Instagram the, the dream. World for me. <laughs> that is the dream. Oh my God. Where do I sign? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Give me well, a guys, contact now. Um, uh, maybe this podcast will be the launch of that. You never know. Maybe there's a billion people listening. Maybe a seventh of the world is listening. <laughs> um, well, thank you to my very good friends for this incredible conversation, very eye-opening conversation. I really appreciate it, and I hope to have you back on the podcast someday soon. Thank you. Thanks for having yes, us, Juan. Yes, thank you, Juan. If you enjoyed this episode of America on Tap, make sure you leave me a review on your podcast app of choice. Tell your friends about it, and tune in next time. Cheers to having a conversation that doesn't end in an angry Twitter rant.